G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The joy that Paul talks about is the kind of joy that you find people experience in the tough times. You see people going through difficult times, and yet they are joyful. At the same time, somebody else might have everything going their way, but they have no joy. And this epistle of joy is going to show you the secret of continuous joy, how to have it continuously in your life. Welcome to Leading the Way, featuring pastor and author of the new book, Is the End Near? Dr. Michael Youssef. The book of Philippians was written from the view of a Roman prison cell, yet Paul packed his thoughts with joy. On this Leading the Way, Dr. Youssef looks at the joy-filled words from Paul's letter, words offering tools to experience joy in your journey. This reminder, you can learn more about the worldwide ministry impact of Dr. Yusuf and Leading the Way by calling 1-300-133-589 or at ltw.org. Now, how to live in the joy of your salvation. Here's Dr. Yusuf. People confuse happiness with joy. In fact, if you listen carefully, you find a lot of people use those two words interchangeably. That's not really true, because happiness comes from getting what we want, and that is why it is often temporary at best, and that is why the pursuit of happiness can be the most unhappy of all pursuits. Why? Because often we don't get what we want. Other times, we actually lose what we have. And therefore, our happiness is not really dependable. Or as is often the case, some people want something so badly, and then finally they get it, and after a while, they lose interest. It's sort of the, it wears off. And that is why you must understand the difference between happiness and joy. Joy, on the other hand, has only one source, and it comes from only one place, and His name is Jesus. Jesus is the only source of joy. You'll never meet a joyful person who doesn't have Jesus in their life. He is the only source of joy, and that can never, ever, ever, ever be taken away from you. You can't lose Him. And this is what Philippians is all about, this magnificent little epistle. In fact, the joy that Paul talks about is the kind of joy that you find people experience in the tough times. You see people going through difficult times, and yet they are joyful. At the same time, somebody else might have everything going their way, but they have no joy. And this epistle of joy is going to show you the secret of continuous joy, how to have it continuously in your life. And of course, 
you've got to understand, the church in Philippi was not a perfect church or a happy, clappy church. You know, they're always kind of, everything is fine. And therefore, he's talking about joy. No, no, no. They actually had so many problems. They had material needs. They had uh, tension within the church. They have disagreements. They, 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 there were some egotistical people who were insisting on their way, and they were creating havoc in the church. There were fractious people there, and therefore they were not having joy, and that is why Paul is writing to them 14 times in this little epistle, telling them about the secret of his joy. And I'm going to show you in the next several messages how to catch it, how to keep it, how to exhibit its symptoms, uh, how to infect others with it, uh, how to value it, how to appropriate its blessings, and how to stabilize its condition, and how to maintain its benefits. So I want you to turn with me, please, to Philippians chapter 1. How do you catch it? And that's the first 11 verses, if you look with me in your Bible. It is a gift from God, and it comes to you as one package with salvation. It is not you get salvation here, and then a few years later you get joy. It is one package, and you get it all together. Joy is constantly provided in our lives through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that is why Paul told Romans in chapter 14, verse 17, he said, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness and peace and the joy of the Holy Spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, and that fruit is going to hang out all over you when you are fully uh, obedient to the Word of God. When there is obedience and operation in your life, you're going to experience the joy of the Lord. I want to tell you from painful personal experience, disobedience to the Word of God will steal your joy. It will cover up your joy. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to lose your joy completely because it is there. It is just covered up with all the clutter of this world and the worries of this world and the anxieties of this world that brings to your life. And the distrust in the promises of God is going to cover up your joy. And that is why Jeremiah said in 1516, your word became to me a joy and a delight to my heart. Whenever you are obedient to the Word of God, your joy is going to deepen even in the tough times, even in the difficult times, even in the dark days. And that is why James said in 1-2, he said, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various problems. The reason why the church today in the 21st century has lost its power in the world is because they've lost their joy. How? Because we have become so focused on this world, we have become so focused on our strategy, we have become so focused on our styles, we have become so focused on what we like and dislike, we have become so focused on this life that we have forgot about our eternal home. You see, Paul loved the Philippians. He really did. He had a very soft spot for them. He loved them dearly, and, and he wanted to share with them the very secret of his joy. Why does he, was he a joyful person? And he led so many of those people to Christ himself. But do you know, the, his greatest testimony, his greatest witness to the congregation there is not necessarily the words, although the words inspired by the Holy Spirit, and I thank God for them. But it is where he wrote that letter about joy from. 
He was not in an American prison where he got some color television and, <laughs> and, and some decent meals and, and clean place to, to sleep. There was a dungeon. And yet he says, I rejoice. And let me tell you about the secret of my joy. Paul was in prison, but he was joyful. Let me tell you how I would have written this part. All right? You ready? Here's how I would have written it. I thank God for your faith, and that's why I need you to pray for me. Pray because my situation is really tough. I am in this miserable situation where I am not able to preach the gospel. I am so depressed, I'm so discouraged, because I see no way out of here except martyrdom or death, or both. Uh, The Roman justice system has let me down. You know, when I was in Jerusalem and I appealed to Caesar, I really had a great hope for the Roman justice system, but it let me down. I've discovered it was riddled with corruption and favoritism and all sorts of injustices. My body is aching, and my arthritis playing up, and my joints are creaking, and I'm having sleepless nights. Please pray for me that God would deliver me and intervene and get me out of this terrible place. Your Pastor Michael. <laughs> Listen, had Paul written those words, I for one would not blame him. I'm going to live with you. I would not. Would you? But he, he jumps out of grace and peace, which is a normal greeting, and I'm not going to spend time on it. He jumps out of there to talking about joy. <laughs> He says, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day to this time. He was thankful for their sacrificial giving. They did not give her the crumbs that fell off their table. They didn't give just a little bit. They gave out of their desperate need. And Paul is saying, I am so thankful to God for your faithfulness. I am so thankful for your partnership in the preaching of the gospel. And he is so rejoicing in their support even though he's in the imprisonment. And that is why, in fact, he doesn't give his imprisonment a great deal of space. He doesn't give it a great deal of airtime. And you want to say, Paul, what is the secret of this incredible joy? (laughs) Ah, he gives you the secret, and it's verse 6. It is one of the greatest verses in the entire Bible. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible's saying, Paul is saying, that God never begins anything that he never finishes. (laughs) I've known people through my years who start this project and then they move into the next project and halfway is done, then they go on the next project, God bless them. I mean, uh, that drives you nuts, but still, you know, you see it. Not God. He always finishes what he starts. And if he started by giving you salvation, he ain't going to take it away from you. You can't even change that yourself. Now, if Paul wrote this verse this way, listen carefully. Had he written verse 6 this way? Oh, Philippians, I have every confidence in you that you will keep your commitment to Christ no matter what. Who gets the glory? They would have, right? they'll get the glory. (laughs) And the reason those who think that salvation is up to them and they're the ones who's got to do it, the ones, they want to get the glory. Nothing, nothing 
will humble you and keep you on your face and on your knees, the knowing that Jesus saved you eternally, that He began that work and He'll bring it to completion, that He's going to take you across the finish line. Nothing. When He saved you, He saved you completely, eternally, and forever. You know what? I was thinking throughout my experiences, if you show me a continuously joyless Christian, I will show you a Christian who's having a hard time believing in the eternal security of the believer, who think it's up to them. Joy comes from knowing that he began a good work, is able to bring it to completion all the way to the end. Here's Paul's attitude. I may be in this miserable dungeon, but I am filled with joy because my salvation is not dependent on me. It is signed, sealed, and delivered by Jesus' own blood, and no one can take that away from me, and that can give me all the joy that a man can stand. Verses 7 and 8, he reminds them that God did not save them just to save them. That's what some people think that God saved them just to save them. Only a foolish person would make this statement. Oh, well, since God is the one who guarantees my salvation all the way to heaven, then I can live which way I want to live, and I, you know, in the end, He'll take care of that. Now, that's a foolish statement. In fact, it really is an indication of a person who's not saved, that the mind is not, and the heart not regenerated by Christ. Because a person who really understands that Jesus is the grantor of your salvation is going to be on his knees on her face before God in gratitude and thanksgiving. And the Apostle Paul is saying to them, God saved you for a purpose. What was it? Their partnership in the gospel of Jesus Christ together with Paul. You know, he didn't say, and I remember fondly all the good times we've had together and, and the times we went out and saw the, went to the ball game and really had a great time with the hot dogs and the iced teas. And, or, or, you know, I remember the church picnics that we used to have in Philippi. Man, I remember with fondness the, the great food we used to have or, or, or like we tend to talk today. You know, man, it was great hanging out with you guys. <laughs> That's too shallow for Paul. That should be too shallow for us. Wow, we had a great time of sharing, didn't we? (laughs) We share each other to death. And, uh, you know, we had some fun together in our discussion group. Fine. All these things are fine. I'm not against them. Probably they did all that. But as far as the great apostle was concerned, he is saying that their shared passion for the gospel of Jesus Christ and to get the lost be saved and the proclamation of that gospel was the most exciting partnership of all. I am convinced that there's nothing that can unite believers together, whether they're black, white, or brown, or rich, or poor, fat, or fit, men or women, introvert or extrovert, nothing can unite them together like realizing that Jesus came from heaven and died on the cross so that He may reconcile sinners to His Father. That is the one thing that can unite people more than you will, can ever imagine. Everything else is okay, but nothing will unite us like the gospel. What gives Paul joy? Verse 7, 
for you all share in God's grace with me. And that is why verses 9, 8, and 10, he said, and this is my prayer. You do well to use this prayer to pray for others, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern. My goodness, I want to underline that word if we have such desperate need today among Christians is discernment. That you may discern what is best and that you may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Here's another Yusufism. <laughs> a joyless Christian is a fruitless Christian because he is or she is disobedient Christian. Jesus said, I am the true vine. Therefore, if your strategy is right, you'll bear fruit. Right? Some of you are not sure. Is that what he said? I am the true vine, and therefore, if you do work 12 hours a day, you'll bear fruit. He said, I am the true vine, and if you abide in me, you'll bear fruit. If you abide in my word, you'll bear fruit. Again, a fruitless Christian is a disobedient Christian, and a disobedient Christian is a joyless Christian. Who is the only source of joy? And when something comes between you and Jesus, you lose your joy. I have met people, it breaks my heart, who are running from seminar to seminar, church to church, conference to conference, this activity to this activities to this activities, looking for the joy they can only find in Christ. They will not find it in all these things. There's only one source for the joy. And when nothing comes between you and Jesus, you catch a joy. That's how you catch it. And knowing that he who began a good work in you is able to bring it to completion. How many of you have seen the film Lawrence of Arabia? What some of you might not have known is that after World War I, Lawrence of Arabia took some of his Arab friends to Paris, France. (laughs) He wanted to show them all the sights. He wanted to expose them to the Western culture. He wanted uh, to show them all the French uh, uh, culture. And and, and so he he took them to Paris, uh, and he showed them the Louvre, and he showed them the Ark of Triumph, and he showed them Bonaparte's tomb. He showed them Champs-Élysées. He wanted to show them all these incredible sights. But they expressed no interest. Oh, okay, um, go back to the hotel room. And they wanted to spend most of their time in the bathrooms of their hotels, turning on and off the faucets. (laughs) They would turn it on and they would turn it off. They would turn them on and they would turn them off. They were mesmerized. They were fascinated. They they just couldn't believe that you can turn a handle and, and you get all the water you want. I mean, it's just, it's right there. And they thought this was the answer to their arid land. And so as they were leaving France, he went to get them, and he found them in their bathrooms trying to unhook the faucets. (laughs) And they said, Lawrence, if we take these home with us, 
we can just turn them on and get all the water we want. And he had to explain to them that the secret is not in the faucets, is not in the handles. The secret is that these faucets, these taps, these, these handles are connected by a pipe to the source of water. And the answer to their dry land is not the faucet, but water. The handles, these faucets, were not the answer to the scarcity of their water. Beloved, there are many people today who are living joyless lives. And they think that if they get into the trappings of religion, if they get into the trappings of churchianity, if they get into these trappings of, of activities, that they will have joy. Their lives as dry as the Arabian desert. And they spend their time going after these faucets and these handles, and, and they don't understand that the secret is the connection with Jesus. Amen. And that there'll be no relief for joylessness yes. until... Nothing comes between him and Jesus. Psalm chapter 1 is one of the most exciting psalms and it illustrates what I'm trying to say. It says that person is like the tree that is planted by the source of the water, which means obedience to the Word of God. And when that obedience takes place and nothing between Jesus and you, that connection is going to produce fruit, much fruit. I'm not against activities. I'm not against working hard, as you know I do. But without Christ, those activities are empty activities. Obedience to the Word of God brings joy that produces fruit. Just like that. Obedience, joy, fruit. Dr. Michael Youssef, with just the beginning of a powerful new series on joy called It's Contagious, Pass It On, from Leading the Way. Share this message and others with friends and family. Stream online for free, listen to the Leading the Way app, also free. Subscribe to the podcast for free and so much more. Get details at ltw.org. Hey, before time is gone for this episode, let me mention a life-changing monthly resource that I know you'll enjoy. Our family loves it. It's called My Journal. Many of you listen and watch Leading the Way regularly, tuning in to hear practical insights from God's Word. And in My Journal, Dr. Yusuf, along with our creative team, produce content to help you go deeper into the on-air content. These are perfect to read through as a family at the dinner table or read during a break at work or on the go. In addition, I think you'll really enjoy the field reports that show how God is redeeming lives around the world by His grace. Get your free trial subscription to My Journal started today. Here's the number, 1-300-133-589. That's 1-300-133-589 or ltw.org. That's ltw.org. And Dr. Yusuf loves getting your letters through the post too, so write to Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales 2751. Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales 2751. 
Well, here's a special invitation to join us next time when Dr. Yusuf continues his powerful series, It's Contagious, Pass It On. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.